Yes, I'm back. I am back, people. I am back. I missed recording for you guys. And you know, when I first started recording these episodes, I wasn't 100% confident in it because I didn't know if anybody would really take me on or want to listen to me talk about my experiences. But, you know... From putting myself out there and getting some positive feedbacks, not so positive feedbacks, some supportive stuff, and of course some criticism, it kind of gave me some encouragement to continue with this thing. So we'll, we'll, you know, take the journey together. I know I said that my time off would be just for a few weeks, and I know it's not to be a lot more, but... I was just adulting. I felt like I I did everything and then nothing. And I'm sure you've had one of those feelings or you, you always have those feelings where you're running around, you're doing everything. And when you look back on it, when you finally get a chance to relax, you'll be like, well, shit. Did I do anything at all? Because you feel like if you was doing everything, but then you're looking back and you see how little or how small the stuff is or maybe it was just one task but um, a bunch of different you know subtasks to do and it just felt like it didn't get much done at all yeah that's how my time off went so for starters i got my vaccines um fully vaccinated um i got a tooth extracted and my mouth is still trying to adjust to that space there, you know, the missing tooth. I've been to Tobago to be a part of my sister's wedding. Spent sort of a relaxing week over there, you know, like a mini family vacation. The only problem is we couldn't relax too much because I couldn't go any water. Part of us going to Tobago, big part of us going there is to just relax in the water and because we didn't get to do that i felt like i was kind of robbed of the experience a bit don't get me wrong the wedding was fantastic it was up by the fort we had you know great view nice time everything was smooth but it's just that you know you go all the way to tobago and you can't go any water damn these restrictions i hope i really do hope that beaches open back up soon and yeah and that's a bunch of other adult life stuff really just you know up and down here there everywhere doing family stuff trying to sort out some other stuff but what what i didn't get to do was work on my senior thesis and yes i know before you start i know <laughs> that was one of the main reasons why i took the time off to do that but the procrastination in me is just too strong <laughs> that's all i could that's the only way i could describe it but here's the thing with that you see dealing with that school that i'm currently attending is so draining and so frustrating and just like ugh, sometimes nothing really goes as planned even though you plan it so it's just be like you know what when are they ready for me let me know honestly because my plan then well when i took the time off was to try to be proactive and get some stuff done before 
the new semester begins, before the new school year and everything begins. Now, because it's senior thesis and we have already completed the first part, you don't not we're not sure how to move forward. If you have to re-register, if they would register us, if we have to go through a whole bunch of stuff, it would just be a smooth transition. So all of that have us well, have me in limbo for one. Um our next thing is I didn't get much of feedback from my thesis that I submitted by the first part of it. I got some, but it wasn't like a significant amount. It was just more like structural things where I, I phrase the sentence or, you know, do a couple of misspellings because when you're hustling and trying to meet that deadline, you know, you kind of miss certain things, stuff, stuff like that. But the main part of it, I didn't get the feedback on until, you know, a couple weeks, a few weeks ago, not a couple, a few weeks ago I got it back. And to me, when you see these things up and up and you don't really know what's going on, I like to just, you know, wait it up because I don't want to do something or start something or change something and then I have to come later on and change it again or do something else or, you know, edit it again. So I need, for me, to cure my procrastination, I need like a deadline. I need that date. Date, time, when is it due? Give me that and I will be on it and make sure I get it done by that time. Because I don't want to feel like if I have to do double work, I don't want to feel like if I'm doing double work, start now and then change up now because this new information coming and all of that. I, I don't like that at all. Right, and then the other thing that I did not get a chance to finish is read the Kama Sutra book. Because I know, I said, yeah, I'll read it and come back and tell you all about it and give you tips and tricks and pointers and everything that I felt that we could benefit from the book. But the thing is, I don't have a hard copy of that book. I would really like to get my hands on one. So right now, I have to work with the e-copy. The hard copy, I won't say it's difficult to, to locate. I could probably just order it online or, you know, try the local bookstores. The problem is, the last time I saw it in a local bookstore, it was quite expensive at the time. And I didn't have the funds to allocate to buying that on that day. And... Uh, even online to get the proper copy of it is, I won't say challenging, but it's it's costly to get it. Eventually, I will get it though because I love having physical books instead of e-copies. And one of my problems with e-copies is because I, I don't like reading on the computer. I don't like reading on my phone. I don't like reading on the computer. I had a Kindle sometime. And that was stolen some years ago. I have not replaced that. That is the only device that I would prefer to read these books on, the Kindle. Because, you know, it's, it's just softer and easier and portable. I could take it anywhere. I mean, laptop, yeah, I could take it, but there's only so much you could do. And the computer, the desktop, when I sit by my desktop, I feel like if I'm sitting here to do... I don't want to do things. Waste my time on social media and YouTube and Netflix and all of that. Or sit down to do serious work. And I, I this is, this book is research, personal research, but it's not serious, serious research. 
and it's not school research so it is just a turn off for me to come and sit down by the computer to read it and of course I wear glasses and all that screen time really does take a toll on my eyes and I, I just don't like it so I will take my time like I said I'm gonna finish it I'm, I can't guarantee when or I'm not sure when but I will finish it and come back with all the good stuff alright so there you've, you've had the updates don't be too hard on me Life was already, you know, taking its toll so far. But yeah, let's get into it. In this season of Misadventures in Eden, I want to focus more on pleasure, getting to know what it is, how to do it, and debunking some myths and just trying to give overall, you know, tips and tricks and all of that. So there was a time when I used to say that I was a freak, but it was mostly to describe my above average thirst for sex, yes. You know, a little thirsty sometimes, all the time. <laughs> um, I think in retrospect, I was just trying to explore my sexual potential. And to me, the term freak or being a freak is was something dirty or abnormal which I know my experiences were not. They were enjoyable and not dirty as in, you know, um, not clean or anything like that, but dirty as in not nice and raw and just all over the place. But I know my experiences, like I said, weren't like that. And also the word normal, quote-unquote normal, is a subjective word because what is normal for me might not be normal for you and vice versa. And that's why now I don't really use the term freak as an adjective to describe my sexual vibe or anyone else's. I just, you know, say, okay, I'm just someone who's exploring my sexual potential or someone who explores pleasure in different ways. I'd like to say that my sexual journey began with the counterproductive sex talk sessions back in primary school, but that just left me confused. Curious though, but confused. And later, even later when I got, you know, the general sex education talk from other teachers or maybe the guidance counselor or adults, whoever, you know, adults like to put in the two cents anytime they see you, they have to preach on sex education and what to do and what not to do. Because those talks and the agenda and everything behind it was just focused on abstinence, I think it just pushed the narrative that pleasure is just, I don't know, like a one-way street. Because... Yes, how the talks would go. Mostly, they would say um, to the girls, no sex until they're married. You know? Close your legs, books before boys, all of that shit. And then for the boys, you'll get, oh gosh, well, I know all they hypersexualize or whatever the case is, or you're just horny, you know, perverts or whatever. Whatever it is, they would describe them or use to tell them or what. However, they would. They would say, well... If you're going to have sex, at least use protection. And I've, you, you see where the double standard thing comes there. 
Because in my mind, I was like, but if you're telling the girls to abstain and not to have sex, but they're telling the boys, okay, well, if you're going to have sex, use protection. But then if the girls are abstaining, who are the boys going to have sex with? Well, I mean, there were boys who would have sex with other boys, but in my time and the people who have who I have been around and the culture at the time was not, you know, LGBTQ plus friendly or how I would put it, oriented or anything like that. So it was just, you know, torture. I would say those those tech talks because they would give the basic rundown of the anatomy of the reproductive organs, of course, the vagina, the penis, and all of that. They would tell you how babies are conceived, um, protection, the different forms of protection, condoms, um, the birth control pill, all these different drama, ding, ding, ding. And then they would tell you, of course, the damaging effects of sexually transmitted infections, and they went even further to traumatize you by showing you all the pictures and the descriptions and what's going to happen. And of course, you know, they always pushed AIDS. AIDS. Don't go out there and have unprotected sex and get AIDS or HIV because you'll have that for life and you'll die and it'll be an agonizing thing. And it's, it's just ugh, so traumatizing sometimes that for some it worked because for some people they didn't want to go through that or have the chance of going through that so they just you know it whipped them into submission and they they complied and then for others it was like oh that's not gonna happen to me i'm still gonna go out there and do whatever and hope for the best right and the only thing that you would hear about sex is that it feels good they'd be like yeah sex is feel good you know but this that and the other yeah your body will crave it you know but this that and the other you know it's always matched with something negative when they say it feels good yes it feels good but this that and the other bad thing would happen whatever the case is and that was the only form of information given about pleasure the pressure principle the pleasure principles of sex and uh, you would want to do it but don't do it your body would want it but don't want it you know and because they were so fixated on teaching abstinence, especially to, to girls, no information at all were given about pleasure, like real pleasure, like what it is about, how your body's going to respond to it, how to get it, how not to get it, you know, different ways of getting it. And uh, here's where things start to get complicated for women, especially, especially when they start, they go out there in the world and they, they start to engage in sex, whether it's through marriage or relationship or whatnot, and they don't know what pleasure is. They don't really know how to pleasure themselves. Even when we get the talk and the, the, the sex education talk and they bring up things like masturbation, it's always in a negative tone. Always in a negative tone. And I saw... A few weeks ago, I saw a, a TED Talk session on um, sexless marriages. Now, I shared this with my group. I haven't gotten any feedback from it, but I, I, I'm not sure who listened or who not. But, you know, I like to share these things. And, uh, you know, when the speaker addressed the topic of pleasure, she said, you know, some things that really stood out. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, so don't hold me exactly to it. 
So she said, because abstinence is the focus of sex education, a lot of women don't find pleasure in sex with their partners because no one taught them about female pleasure. And there's some people who think that sex and marriage, you know, is, is like a chore. It's something that you must do in order to sustain the marriage. So I think this part as well could also be transposed into not just a marriage, but any any type of romantic relationship that you have. Some people think, well, in order for the person, to keep the person there, to keep, you know, that connection, that you have to have sex. Right? So going back to the, the TED Talk now, as a sex coach, her job was to inform people um, about and encourage sexual pleasure, especially in women, since some women tend to shy away from certain sexual experiences, you know, you meet someone, you, 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 even if you're married or you're just in that relationship, the person may approach you with, okay, well, how come we, we don't do this or you don't do that? Let's try this or let's try that. And some of the women would just kind of, no, you are not doing that. Why are you telling me this? You know, that's not for that. And no, we're not doing that. That is nastiness or whatever the case. Of course. We do get women like that. We also do get men like that because they won't, again, like she said, they weren't taught about pleasure and different forms of pleasure and how to get pleasure from not only regular sexual experiences but also non-sexual experiences. Remember, some of these things are mental connections. In order for you to feel good, it must appeal to your cognitive senses first. Or else it's not going to work. And uh, traditionally, we as women are taught to please the man. You must cook for him, clean for him, do all these things for him. Don't deny him sex. But we weren't taught of how to please ourselves. Because in order to please someone, you have to know how to please yourself first. And uh, those experiences may have been frowned upon. When I mean experiences, those sexual experiences or new experiences, or certain experiences or sessions or plays or whatever you want to call it, may have been frowned upon or considered to be abnormal, especially in some societies. So they just, you know, most women or most people just stick to vanilla sex. And don't get me wrong, eh? there's nothing wrong with vanilla sex, plain vanilla sex. There are some people who like it, it works for them, no problem. But to me, I can't just be having vanilla sex all the time. No. That will get boring to me after a while. Now there is no confirmation that having better sex in a marriage or a relationship is going to prevent your partner from going outside for sex. But it does help bring some pleasure in your life. Remember, there are so many um, different dynamics when it comes to relationships that you can't say this or the other. If it works for me, it's going to work for you. Everything is different. Everyone's experience and situation is different. But pleasure is pleasure. Sex without pleasure was not going to work for me at all. Was not, will not, have not, all of that. It's just not going to work for me. I must get pleasure when I'm having sex. I must be able to get my pleasure and please the person as well. 
right? They both of us have to be pleasured, and I think that is what aroused my adventures. Um, I must say, but for all those years of uh, you know different sex sessions with different partners and doing research with any erotic books or sex those other sex books or biology and all of that, watching porn. You know, listening to other people's experiences, I still have a lot to learn when it comes to sex and pleasure. I really do. Even though you think you know something, something comes along and just surprises you. And it's, it's like, wow. Like, recently I found out, you know, that woman experienced anal orgasms. And that's, you know, I, I never knew that was a thing for women. You know, anal orgasms. For me... When you, you talk anything anal, and, and don't fight me, this is just my experiences on how I grew up, the culture and the vibe and everything that was around me. I thought that, you know, anal sex was just something, well, that women would do to, you know, please the man because they want to always try something different, so they would just, you know, do anal sex for the man, get him a tighter hold on the vagina, I don't know. You know, and uh, to me, inorgasms was, I was thinking about inorgasms along the line of gay men, especially, I wouldn't even say gay men, I would just say men because of the location of the prostrate and the G-spot and all of that and how to get to those, those things through the anus is what would actually stimulate and pleasure the man for them to feel a proper orgasm right or in orgasm as you will see so that was my thought process on that thing so i really was surprised when i heard that women could experience in orgasms i also found out that you know there are several types of orgasms that people experience and some are not even related to the normal or the regular sex organs so now it just you know i don't i don't want to say it's a game changer because it kind of is a game changer but it's something to look into just to, to check it out you know and uh, in all of my research and all of my stuff the ultimate pleasure experience that you come across all the time is an orgasm experiencing the orgasm that big rush it's almost to the point where you know, if you don't orgasm during sex, you're not doing it right. And I thought that I wasn't doing it right because, you know, orgasms never really did come for me. Now, there's no one rule or one true definition of an orgasm. Medical News Today on their website stated that medical professionals use physiological changes to the body as a basis for a definition of what an orgasm is, whereas psychologists and mental health professionals have used, you know, that emotional and cognitive changes. And I think, to me, there's is a combination of both because sometimes, for some people, they have to be connected to you mentally and not just physically. Some people could get off and get their stuff going by just the physical aspect, but some people are uh, a bit more technical than that, and they need that mental or that cognitive connection in order for them to effectively or 
orgasm, you know? And there are female orgasms and also male orgasms, right? And under those female and male orgasms, there are also sub-stuff like types of orgasms. There are many different types of orgasms. Under the female, there are the vaginal orgasm, the clitoral orgasm, um, nipple orgasm, all kind of other stuff, as well as different forms of orgasms. For the, for, you know, I get, again, with the inorgasm as well, not just for the men, but also for the women. And there are many stimuli, different stimuli, either sexual or non-sexual, that causes orgasms. So there's no one thing or no one, you know, like I said, rule to say, okay, well, you're going to have sex and you're going to have an orgasm. Or you're going to use penetration and, and achieve orgasm. No. There's always something different. And remember, we are very different parts of our bodies have different um how to put it pressure points not pressure points but different um nerve endings and some of us because remember everyone anatomy is different some people experience more nerve endings and different parts of our body other than you know the, like i said the typical normal sexual organs right these things were not taught to me when i did human and social biology in school or when I heard any of those other sex talks or sex ed stuff shit in school. It's like, they don't want to tell you. No one told me this. I, even in reading a long time, it, it just didn't come across this information. And that's why some of these things, it's always good to keep reading and researching. And just like any, just like anything, just like if you're in a professional field, if you're a doctor, you always have to go back and do more well, new training and as well as pilots, you have to operate new equipment and all of that, new planes. You you need you always need to be training. So it's it's the same thing. You have to put in the work, you have to keep researching, keep looking. And not everything is for you, not everything is going to be for you, but there's always something to learn and there's always something new that's coming out. And even though there are things that you never heard of, there are things that other people never heard of as well. And by just sharing your experiences and your thoughts, then you're going to really expand and explore and go beyond your regular comfort zone when it comes to sex and pleasure. For years, I've been having sex without orgasming. Yeah, it's, it, it was bad. It's kind of shameful and bad because, I mean, like I said before, orgasm was like the ultimate plateau of sex the ultimate goal for sex that you, you just you know you have sex and the orgasm and you have this explosion and stars and bright lights and everything and it just feels so good but i've never had it for years i haven't had it and I, I felt like my body was failing me and it came to the point where i was just faking orgasms when i had sex with some men because they, they keep asking they're like you come or did you come and they're like yeah i came but in my mind, I was like, no, bitch, I didn't. It didn't, it, it didn't work so good for me. You failed. You failed. And I think when I started thinking about it like that, I, I put too much emphasis on the man pleasuring me like that. That I, I put that whole responsibility on him. Because, I mean, I knew my body, but I didn't really know it. You know? So, 
it was just you know what maybe I need to try somebody else so maybe I tried a new technique or whatnot but again it's not like I wasn't trying different techniques or positions or whatnot it just wasn't happening for me um, and in previous episodes like I said before masturbation wasn't my thing I would try get kind of bored halfway through and then stop uh, so I, I never really went all the way with, with masturbating either just wasn't my thing and I was beginning to kind of accept that you know I might never orgasm <laughs> because there was some you know news reports and you know statistics and when they did the little surveys and the polls they would always say that woman don't orgasm during sex or they don't get that that orgasm during sex however that is until I met I started having, well, not really mad, but started having sex with the, the guy. The, the guy. The king, supreme, the guy. This is the ultimate, the guy. Right? The best, the guy that I have had. And I, I don't know if anyone else would reach to his level. He has set the bar so high that it might be really difficult for anyone else to get to that level. And if they really did get to that level... We will have to all sit down and have a discussion as to what is going on here. Because for you to surpass him would be, I don't know, a miracle of some sort. And we kind of, you know, stumble upon each other at a point where we were both vulnerable. And, you know, you get to talking and somewhat comfort each other. In the midst of that, we realized that we had a lot of sexual tension. And so, you know, we had to do something about it. Come on. So the first time we did it, I felt things in places that I've never felt before. And I was just looking back on it, I was like thinking, this man knows how to work himself. He really does not how to do everything. I was like, you know, but I didn't. I didn't orgasm the first time. Of course not. The first time we did it, we didn't orgasm. That took some time, because with anything else, practice and you know, observation and everything goes hand in hand. You need to know your triggers and what's to do and what not to do in order for you to build up certain things for you to get to you know that point. But yeah, after we did it the first time, I, I, I don't know, I felt this, this thirst for him, for, for his body. The way he made me feel the first time, I, I wanted to just feel that all the time. So much so that in the middle of the night, I woke up and, you know, climbed on top of the man and kind of demanded sex. But we found out a condom, which was unfortunate. It's a good thing we didn't, you know, stop there. We actually continued that bad because when we we did have sex the first time it wasn't like the regular okay you'll be my dick guy now kind of agreement it was just you know we got the opportunity and we took it and you know it's like this was good this was really really good let's continue this thing so you will be my you know new dick guy at the time and I think here is where my true sexual aspiration really started to take off for me because now um, he was set on 
pleasing me of making sure I was pleasured. So it wasn't just, you know, some people, they bust it out, they come and whether you do yes or no, it's not a problem as long as they get off. No, he made sure that I was pleasured. And even though I didn't orgasm on the first few times, you know, it was still pleasurable for me. The experience, the encounter, everything was so smooth, so nice. It just, you know, I've never had that before. And uh, this is the only time when people pleasing was okay with me. And, and, and in this sexual context, if you want to please someone, go right ahead. He took his time. He really did took his time and he read me like a book. So it was just, you know, it was, I won't say meant to be, but it was, it was really, really good. Of the times we spent together physically, having sex and all that, he would try all different sort of moves and tricks and all kind of different techniques to see how my body would react. And in the next session, he would use that and then some more. And in the next session, he would use that and then some more, just to give me that ultimate experience. And not only did we connect physically, but we also did connect mentally, which made the the whole feeling of being comfortable and wanting to try new things and wanting to actually please the other person so much more easier that it was like, you know what, you could ask me, I would probably get me to do anything at this point in time because we had that that connection. We had the physical connection, we had the mental connection. And it came to the point where if you had a conversation with him and you have a conversation with me, same conversation, it would be, you might get almost the same answers because we were so, I don't want to say insane, but we were so similar in terms of different um, um, things and topics and all of that. So it it was... Like, he was my boyfriend, but not my boyfriend. He was like the ultimate partner, but not the ultimate partner at the same time. So he's the boyfriend, not my boyfriend um, type person. And I mean, we've been at it for, what, over 12 years now. Yes, it's been going on for a while. It really has been. Wow, I should get him on award. I really should get him on award, you know, but, but the King Supreme, the guy. I feel I will do that. Okay, I think he deserves it. He deserves it. But the main thing is because he was so focused on pleasing me or making sure that I was pleasure that I wanted to return that same thing as well. I wanted to please him. I wanted to make sure that he was pleasured all the time. So it wasn't... I once... I won't say it was a competition or we tried to out each other. We were just having fun and making sure that we pleased each other. That whole, like I said, that in this context, the whole people pleasing thing is okay with me. It's really okay with me. If you want to come and, you know, make sure that your partner is pleasured, no problem. I, I support that one. The only thing is... During the lockdown, damn this COVID. During the lockdown, we couldn't meet as often as we like. And of course, I needed a fix. So I started exploring my own pleasure through masturbation. Yeah, I went back to it. But I didn't just, you know, say, okay, let's start this masturbation thing back up. No, I, I did some research. You know, me and my research usually... 
goes hand in hand. Did research and I actually got some new toys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got some new toys. So I was feeling kind of fancy with it. Yeah, I got some new toys and really started to get into this whole masturbation thing. I was like, let me see what it is about because I can't have this guy, this ultimate supreme king, the guy that, you know, know my body more than me and know how to get my body to react in certain ways and I don't know how to do it. I need to step up my game on pleasing myself. So that if I know how to please myself better, then I'll be able to please him better. You know, you know. See how see where this is going? Yeah, yeah. It did. It's a nice, it's a nice thing. It's a nice, a nice part to be on. <laughs> so yes, I was like, you know what? During the lockdown, let me get some toys. I got some nice toys, and uh, when I go in into that that how to put it that session, I was set the mood. Yeah, I put on some music. You know. Take off the lights or maybe leave the lights on depending on, you know, how I felt at the time. Like some scented oils, set up my toys and stuff in the, the masturbation corner and get to work. Yes, yes, I do have a masturbation corner. <laughs> it's on the ground. Yeah, mostly because my bed is broken. Yeah, I need to change it up, but, you know, not at the moment. So yeah, my bed is broken. It makes this weird noise, and a nice reason too is that I can't keep soaking down the mattress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I set it up on the ground and have my nice little blanket and, like I said, put my oils on the scented oils on so the room could get that nice, you know, scent ambiance and everything. And yeah, got to work and. Masturbation before wasn't so pleasurable, but now it is, especially with these toys that I've, I've purchased. I don't regret any of them at any point in time. And I must give all praise, all praise, to the person who invented the clitoral sucker. Yes. However, because there are many different variations to it but whoever invented that little that whoever created the pattern you deserve a Nobel Peace Prize for stimulating the best clitoral orgasms ever relieving women of all sexual discomfort I think you should get I, I wonder if it have a Nobel Prize for anything with sex they shouldn't know they really should because I think a lot of things could be solved with just having sex or pleasure just make sure you get pleasure, please yourself, and you should be good. If you're making any life-altering decisions or you want to talk to somebody that you're not sure about, just go and have sex. You know, if you have a partner, go and have sex. Or if you don't have a partner, just masturbate. Masturbate, relieve some of the tension, relieve some of the stress, and then afterwards you're going to be free of the, the sex fog to make the, the best decision or the better decision that you should be making. Try it. It works. It really does work. It really does work. So yeah, ladies, listeners, people, get you one of those, you know, clitoral sucker devices things. It will change your life. 
it would. You could use it by yourself, you could use it with your partner, men if you're using it with your girlfriends or your wife or your whoever. You know, you put that there by the clit and you could be, you know, working on a stroke game and trust me, she's going to have one of the ultimate orgasms, clitoral and maybe even vaginal orgasms ever, right? And uh, ladies, even if you don't have a partner, buy it, use it. Like I said, at different forms, yes, the rose. I don't like the rose because you have to keep holding it. The one I have has an attachment and a vibrator attached to it, so it's vibrator on one end and it's stuck on the next end. So it forms like a C, and you put it up there and you let both of them go at the same time, and it was it's just like you know, you're seeing stars in a good way. You need to get you one of that, it will exercise. All demons, all the sexual demons out of you. You will need it. You will thank me later. If you don't have one, get one. Get one. You really do need. And of course, I have uh, the little, it's always fun, and uh, other little vibrators and all of that. But you know what? Those things are just little extra things to make it tingle. But you really need to get that that little sucker there. It is the best. It really is the best. And those are what I've been using to kind of alleviate some of the pent-up sexual frustration that I have had over the over this this dreaded lockdown, all these restrictions and limitations of where you could go and, you know, who you can meet and it's just, you know what, Let, let's just work on it for ourselves. So, I've been working on my pleasure, right, getting to know my body better and how I could use that to please somebody else. Coming up in this season of Misadventures in Eden, I'll be talking more about my masturbation exploration sessions. Yeah, some getting, you know, personal about some of the toys and what it makes you feel and all of that. I'm going to also talk more about my sexual potential and what I think it is and how it's something that I think everyone should benefit from. And as well as orgasms, different types of orgasms, how to get one, how to use different toys and tools to get it. And there's new techniques in, you know, the field of medicine that would, how to put it, bring out the extra something in you in order for you to get or uh, experience certain types of orgasms. Right?